Blog Talk Radio. all your opinions and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pcant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pcant. You can send messages to the show here on the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pcant. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter at go for again G O F O R I T G A N T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Colts offensive lineman Todd Harriman. And Todd uh, recently signed with the Colts in this offseason, released by the Eagles after 10 years in Philadelphia. We're going to talk to Todd. Uh, the Colts are having their OTAs. So we're going to talk to Todd about what's going on with his OTAs and how he's feeling, how he's getting acclimated with his new ball club. And uh, Chip Kelly. We're going to get his thoughts on Chip Kelly and also uh, LeSean McCoy and uh, his comments about Chip Kelly. Uh, being uh, a possible racist. So we're going to talk to Todd Harriman. Also, uh, Clipper Darrell, one of the greatest fans out there, one of the greatest NBA fans out there. I know he was in the ESPN Hall of Fame. He was close to being in the ESPN Hall of Fame. I think he was a finalist, ESPN Fan Hall of Fame. But he loves his Clippers, and the Clippers up 3-1 against the Rockets, up 19 in game six in a closeout game, closeout opportunity. And they ultimately would lose. But we're going to talk to Clipper Darrell about what's going on with the uh, Clippers and the future of the L.A. Clippers and also – uh, Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill will be joining us. We'll be talking to Marlon throughout the course of these NBA playoffs. And we're going to get his thoughts on what happened last night with the Warriors and, and the Rockets and that whole situation. And and uh, also Cavaliers and Hawks game two tonight. Um, and the rest of these and, and, and NBA draft lottery. I mean, uh, he's a Knicks guy. And, you know, you felt for the Knicks, Steve Mills, and that whole organization when – was when it was revealed that the Knicks fell out that top three and ended up getting number four. So they had no shot at the two bigs, Carl Anthony Towns and also uh, Jaleel Okafor. So you had a, a, a shot, a legitimate shot. I know the Knicks won some meaningless games down the stretch there, bad games, games they had no business winning, quite frankly. So they can't even tank right. But they had the second best record, second worst record in basketball, and you know second best opportunity to get, uh, you know, the number one pick or at least stay at the number two spot. But they fell out. Lakers slid in, and the Knicks are at number four. So on the outside looking in, in terms of the Towns and the Okafor sweepstakes, so that's going to be a disappointing pill to swallow for Knicks fans. The rap. I mean, that's disappointing. Obviously, you wanted to get an opportunity at one of those two bigs. With the Knicks, the Knicks need a lot of things. A whole heck of a lot of things, and we'll see how they'll go about filling it. But anyway, Todd Harriman, he'll be joining us at uh, 7.35, uh, Clipper Darrow at 8.05, and Marlon Gill will be joining us uh, in the next few minutes. Let's get right down to what we saw last night in the National Basketball Association. Um, and as we go throughout the course of this show, we're going to talk about Kobe Bryant. 
Kobe Bryant said that this uh, next year will be his last year in with the Lakers. Does that mean he's done? That means he's going to keep playing beyond? We'll see. But we're going to talk about that. Tom Brady reports are Bill Belichick doesn't believe him. We'll talk about that as well, and I don't think anybody really believed Tom Brady. It wasn't very believable as we were sitting on that podium that one day. But anyway, we're going to talk about that as we go throughout. Obviously, we're going to hit on NBA playoffs as we go throughout. And, you know, we're going to talk sports, have some fun doing it. Let's get right down to what we saw last night. Rockets, uh, Warriors, what a great basketball game. What a great basketball game. Obviously, we look at the NBA, you look at the game of basketball, it is most definitely a game of runs. And we saw some runs last night with the Warriors ran out quickly on the Rockets. The Rockets came back, ended that first half on a 23-6 to run, tied the game at 55. I mean, it was back and forth. Uh, number one and number two in the MVP race, James Harden putting up buckets, Steph Curry putting up buckets. I mean, it was, it was back and forth action. James Harden, 38 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, almost messing around and had a triple-double. Steph Curry with 33 big points in that game. I mean, it was it's just that jumper was just wet last night. Five threes for Steph Curry. What a game for him. What a game for James Harden. A lot of people are focusing on that final play, in that final play where – uh, it was uh, uh, a wild scene. I mean, Harrison Barnes misses the shot. Uh, James Harden gets the ball. He's out in front, out. Uh, you know, ultimately he makes it to the front court. Uh, he decides to uh, kind of reload, if you will, and throw the ball to Howard. Howard threw it right back to him. He got trapped by Curry, got trapped by Clay Thompson. Ultimately, he wasn't able to get a shot up, and ultimately the Warriors would go home and, and get the victory 99-98 and go up two games to oh. But you look at that final play, and you know I looked at that final play, and it's very easy to play Monday morning quarterback when you look at the final plays. I looked at that final play, and I'm saying, you know, James Harden, maybe he had Terrence Jones streaking down the lane. I mean, some say maybe he could have just kept going. But obviously there's a reason he reloaded. Maybe he just didn't feel like he had the necessary shot or the shot that he wanted or, you know, he just didn't feel on balance, possibly. So he had to uh, reload, if you will, and he reloaded. And ultimately, great defensive play by Clay Thompson and Curry, and, and they got him. I mean, and looking at the play, maybe Mikel could have called a timeout. But, I mean, you you did have the ball in your best player's hands. You did have the ball in the hands of a guy who had 38 big points last night. He needed 40. And if he would have got the 40, well, then the Rockets would have tied this series at one. But he needed 40. He didn't get that 40, and, and, that's, and that's the bottom line. And, and, but at the same time, you're Kevin McHale. You got the ball in the hands of the guy you want to have the balls. And, and one thing about the, uh, James Harden, he can draw fouls. Obviously, he, he gets to the foul line very often, got to the foul line 10 times last night. You know, so, you know, shot 10 free throws, I should say. So he could have got to, and maybe if he would have drove the lane, he could have, drew some contact, and ultimately got the foul. He's good at that. He's a death at doing that. That's, that's what he, he, he does that. So maybe he could have did that. I don't know. But I, you look at that final play, and obviously we can question it all we want. But I think the Rockets had what they wanted. I think maybe James Harden, if he would have made a better decision, obviously throwing it to Terrence Jones, maybe. That would have got them uh, the basket, and maybe Jones could have got to the lane and ultimately scored. You know, who knows? But at the end of the day, the Rockets are now down 0-2, and now they go back home down 0-2, 
And, you know, the Warriors theoretically did what they were supposed to do, and that's win the first two games at home in Oracle. They, they did what they theoretically were supposed to do. Now, obviously this Houston team, as we saw in that second round, they're a tough team. They're a team that has proven that they can come back. And when their backs are against the wall, they've proven that they can get it done. But this is a different animal, I think, in the Golden State Warriors. This is a 67-win team. This is a team that not only scores, but they defend. And if Steph Curry is flowing the way he's continuing to flow, and especially now with Dwight Howard and his – you know, obviously he played well last night, and maybe he, he can continue to play well, but he is obviously not at 100%. And thus far, you look at these playoffs, you look at the Cavaliers, Love, Kyrie Irving hobbled, injuries not on the side, you know, health not on the side of the Cavaliers. You look at the Rockets now. I mean, you look at the Hawks, Damari Carroll. You know, he's a game-time decision, but what will he be at this point in time? And then you go out west and you look at the Rockets and you have the situation with Dwight Howard. And even before that, Patrick Beverly, who went down uh, near the end of the season with a wrist injury. So Rockets aren't 100%, Dwight Howard. Hawks aren't 100%, Damari Carroll. Cavaliers aren't 100%, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. But guess who is uh, a, the pillar of health at this point in time? GSW, Curry, Thompson, Green. You know, these guys are, are you know, obviously everybody has those, those, you know, everybody's banged up on some level at this point in the year. But this is a, a healthy basketball team. And this is the healthiest basketball team in the playoffs at this point in time. So Cavaliers aren't healthy. Hawks aren't healthy. Rockets aren't healthy. Warriors are. And that bodes well for them moving forward. We'll see what happens. And there's a lot of, obviously a lot of basketball to be played in this series against the Rockets. But it's, it's looking like it's going to be Warriors, Cavaliers, when it's all said and done. And that should be very interesting. We're going to bring in a guy now. We've been talking NBA playoffs. throughout. We've been talking playoffs. Uh, with this man throughout the course of these NBA playoffs. We're going to bring him in now, Ryder, University Assistant Basketball Coach, Marlon Gill. Marlon. Hey, Paul. How's it going, man? How are you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. How about yourself? Great, great, great. Let's get right down to it, man. Last night, Warriors, they win game two. They go up 2-0. They win 99-98. Many are talking about that final play. Some believed that Kevin McHale should have called timeout. Some believe James Harden should have kept the basketball. Some believe that James Harden should have threw the ball to Terrence Jones, who was streaking down the lane. Tell us what you saw in that final play. I, I saw a, a little bit of, of everything that you just said, but I'm going to say this. When the game's on the line, you want the ball in, in your best player's hands, and, and that obviously is James Harden. Now, could he have passed it to uh, Terrence Jones? Sure, but, you know, it's the same thing that uh, LeBron gets criticized for when he doesn't pass the ball or doesn't come up with a clutch play. You know, in those kind of situations, man, you, you want the ball in your best player's hands. And, you know, the Rockets did that last night. Do I think you call a timeout there? That's a tough one. I, I, I can go either way with it, but sometimes you just got to let your guys make plays. Sometimes when you call a timeout, that allows the defense to set things up, and who knows what the Warriors have done out of that timeout for a defensive stop. 
But, uh, you know, I, I was fine with uh, James Harden keeping the ball. You know, in those kind of situations, you want your, your money guy to make a play. Right, and, and to your point, I mean, 13 for 21 from the field, 38 points, almost had a triple-double. So he has been the money guy in the first two games for the Rockets. Throughout this whole season, he was the money guy last night. Just could not get 40. He needed 40, and he just couldn't get it last night. You look at Curry, you look at Harden, you look at these guys going back and forth. It's a lot of fun. Oh, no, without a doubt, man. It, it definitely is. and uh, You know, it gives the NBA something to look forward to going into the future. I mean, obviously with this uh, rumor of this Kobe news that next year will be his last year, you know, it, with these two guys, Harden and Curry, being able to do what, what they've done throughout the course of the, of the playoffs. I know Harden had a stretch there in the Clippers series where he didn't really look good, but, you know, their body of work over the course of the past year, you know, gives the NBA hope that, hey, there are some guys that are willing to step up and, you know, take that torch into into the future and say, hey, like, the NBA, we, we can be the guys that the NBA puts its name on. And how about Steph Curry? I mean, you look at him, 6-3 his last night. I believe he's at 57 threes. I believe the record for the playoffs is about 59. So he's like two threes off, and he's only played, and that was a Reggie Miller record, and he's played less games than Reggie Miller. Is Steph Curry, I mean, is his jumper, the? does he have the best jump shot in the history of the game? I mean, obviously, you know, we could be prisoner of the moment, but, I mean, what do you think? Uh, history, history of the game, no, not yet. I think when, when it's all said and done, he can be right up there. But, you know, I, I just think he has to continue with this body of work. I mean, some of the shots that he makes are unbelievable, you know, off a crossover, off a one-dribble pull-up, off an in-and-out pull-up, you know, his – his shot is amazing, man. It's pure art. But, you know, I still look at guys, you know, like you said, like a Reggie Miller, like a Ray Allen. I'd even say this. I don't think his shot's better than Ray Allen's. But, you know, he's right up there with him. Uh, Larry Bird. So, I think, you know, we got to give Steph a little more a little more time. Uh, it's still early. Uh, but can you imagine, I mean, he's, what is he, 25, 26, or not even in that range yet, and uh, already at 57 threes? You know, and it goes back to what I said earlier, man. It gives the NBA a face going into the future. For sure. And he is 27 years old. And you look at the whole situation now, Rockets down 2-0, Warriors seemingly in control of this series. We go back to Houston for games three and four. The, the, the old uh, adage is that a series doesn't start until the road team wins. But at this point in time, is this series over? We see what the Rockets did last round, but is this series over? No, and, and I think just with what you just said, you hit it right on the head. Uh, you saw what the Rockets did in the last round, and I was probably the biggest culprit of thinking that series was over when, when the Clippers were uh, – up three to one, and the Rockets showed that they still had some fight left, and, and was able to come back and, and win that series. So, you know, I, I think right now Houston gets a chance to go home, and you know, let's be honest. You know, a play here, play there, in Game One, you know, maybe the Rockets win. Uh, you know, I, I think when Ariza hits the three to put him down two, uh, just a defensive breakdown where Curry penetrates into the lane and. 
Dwight has to step up, and Curry has Bogut for the dump off, which pretty much sealed the game for the Warriors in game one. And then you got the the James Harden situation last night. So I, I think if I'm the Rockets, I'm saying, hey, we could easily be one and one in this series going home. So with them, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about these two games they got coming up in Houston. We're talking to Ryder, assistant basketball coach uh, Marlon Gillen. And Marlon, you look at now, we're, we're going to go out east, and you look at the, the Cavaliers and the Hawks, uh, Cavaliers behind J.R. Smith's eight three-pointers, win game one. They're up one game to nothing. Kyrie Irving is questionable tonight. Damari Carroll, a game-time decision. How do you see game two? I don't think the Hawks can beat the Cavaliers in this series without a healthy Damari Carroll. So how do you see game two? Well, before I talk about game two, Jr., where was this kind of performance in New York? You're killing me. It, it, it was kind of there. Me. He just started partying in that Indiana series and called up to him. He was uh, hanging out under Rihanna's umbrella. I mean, so uh, – <laughs> I guess that that too many funerals, man. I guess I I don't know, I don't know, but um, no, you're you're pretty right with that, man. I, I think the Hawks will need Demari Carroll. You know, even at a thirty forty percent, Demari Carroll is better than a zero percent Demari Carroll. Um, you know, I, I thought going into this series, the key was going to be Jeff Teague and Schroeder. Uh, knowing that Kyrie wasn't a hundred percent, how do they go at him? and be effective. And, you know, I, I think you saw that a little bit last the last game when uh, to end the half, you see Schroeder just blow right by uh, De La Dova for a, a kick-out pass to Baysmore for a jump shot to end the half. Big play. Um, so, you know, Kyrie's health is very important because who's going to stop those other two guys, you know, Schroeder and T. Those two guys are probably two of the five quickest guys in the NBA with the basketball uh, in their hands. So, you know, trying to stop them and keep in front of them is going to be tough. But, you know, I look at on the flip side, you know, the Cavaliers, even without a healthy Kyrie Irving, are probably better than the Hawks at every position. You know, if they go right. to their to the two guard, you know, the combination of Sumpert and, and J.R. Smith is, is pretty good. I mean, you know, LeBron is LeBron. You know, for as good as DeMar Carroll is, you know, I'm going to say the same thing that I said about the whole Jimmy Butler thing in the last round. We just need to stop it. Nobody's going to going to stop LeBron. You're better off trying to stop the other guys around him. And look at it this way. You're stopping LeBron to a certain degree. I mean, from, from three, what does he hit, about seven of – I forget the percentage. Like he's like shooting fourteen percent from three. Yes, yeah, so you know. But, but these these other guys are, are stepping up. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I, I think, is going to. He's getting himself a lot of money right now. The way he's playing For in sure. the playoffs, and and it's almost to the point of, if I'm the Cavaliers front office, who's expendable? Is it Kevin Love? Is, is it Anderson Barzell? Because if I'm them, I have to do whatever I can to get Tristan Thompson back. Next year, uh, you know he, he's one of LeBron's guys, so that helps. Uh, Rich Paul is going to get richer, so <laughs> it, you know it, it's a it's a good time in, in Cleveland right now. And, and I just think, you know, over the course of uh, series, I just don't see the Hawks 
keeping up with the Cavaliers. And I can tell you this, the NBA doesn't see it either, which is probably why they wanted the Wizards to be in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Cavs. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> I mean, I, I, kinda, I agree with you. I mean, I just I saw game one, and I know it's only one game, but and I know it's a lot of basketball to be played, but I was convinced after game one that the – I was convinced going into the series that the Cavaliers would win this series, and I thought in six. But after watching game one, I'm thinking there's a possibility this could get done in five. And I know I don't want to get be, you know get caught up in one game, but I just saw a better basketball team and a more dominant basketball team with the Cavaliers. And I just liked the matchup, and I liked the way they were able to, to limit Kyle Korver as well. And so, I mean, I just – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I'd like the Cavaliers to win. And I said six, but I'm leaning towards five at this point. I might have to agree with you. Uh, you know, I would have said four, but just out of respect that the Hawks were the number one seed this year, and they played very well collectively. Uh, you know, they faced adversity on the road and at home. Uh, and, and we're still able to overcome that to be the number one team in the East. So that does say something. But, you know, I just look at all the factors they have going against them. You know, let, let's be honest, for, for pretty much everybody on their roster, this is uncharted waters. You know, they've never been to a Eastern sure. Conference Finals. So, you know, for them it, it's almost uh, just happy to be here thing, and they're just trying to hold on. And obviously now – with the uh, injury to Carroll, you know, being a game-time decision, that puts more pressure on them. There's no pressure on Cleveland tonight, I don't think. I mean, they've won, like you said, you know, playoffs. The series doesn't start until you win a game on the road. Well, Cleveland won game one. To them, they're saying, we, we did our job, you know, and let's try to put another win together tonight on the road. But if we don't get it, you know, we split. We're going home, and, you know, it's going to be a, a loud arena. And we'll do what we have to do. But I, I guarantee you, if, if they can get the night, they'll be feeling real good about the two games in Cleveland. Do you sit Kyrie Irving tonight? No, I don't. It, it's the playoffs. If you, you've got all of June, July, August, September to heal your body, get whatever kinks out and things like that, now is the time when you earn your money. And I know we had the conversation in the Bulls series with Kyrie Irving you know, what is going to take him into that upper echelon of point guard? You know, you got to play through this, man. You know, there's no there's no tomorrow. Um, For sure. You know, it's it's not the NCAA tournament, but at the same time, if, if Cleveland slips up, there, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. And I can guarantee you Kyrie would probably, besides Kelly Olenek, the next finger pointing would be Kyrie Irving. I want to ask you this, and I heard this discussion earlier today. Um Damari Carroll, um, obviously he had the knee injury. Obviously his knee is not 100%. Obviously this is a guy who hasn't had that big contract, and with the season that he's had, he's up for he has an opportunity for a big contract. With that being said, if you're Damari Carroll, and obviously you play, obviously you play basketball to win, but you also play it's your job, so you play basketball to be compensated and compensated very very well. If you're Demari Carroll, would you think about the possibility of, of taking this slow and, and, you know, because of what could happen, you know, at the end of the season? 
with you possibly getting paid? Well, I mean, that that all depends on Damari Carroll. Um, you know, what, what is his pain threshold? How serious is his injury? Uh, because, like you said, it is a big payday for him. And I, I look at Damari Carroll as a, you know, it's, he's kind of in that Lance Stevenson boat from a couple years ago. Uh, I, I, I see him as a guy that right around that 8 $9 million a year mark. Anything higher than that, then you're maybe stretching it. And, and that's no disrespect to DeMar Carroll. $8, 9000000 million, I wish I had that a year. <laughs> I don't. You know, but I, if I'm him, right, right well, I hope so. <laughs> uh, if I'm him, I, uh, I really, you know, I would play through it, man. Like I said, these are the playoffs, man. You've got all June, July, August, September to rehab and get better. But, you know, you don't get these opportunities so often, uh, you know. So you got to, you know, live in the moment and and play through it all because you never know, you know, who knows what can happen next year to the Hawks. It's not like they were uh, at the top of the Eastern Conference for a long, long amount of time. You know, they've been a bottom feeder in the East. Phillips Arena has been empty. I I know. I I bought tickets to a Hawks game in years past and, you know, was in nosebleeds for the first quarter, but by the fourth quarter I was sitting courtside. So you got to live in the moment during these situations, man, because you just never know uh, when something can turn around. And who's to say the Hawks go in another direction once this is over? They gave it one shot. It didn't work out, and they try to rebuild. You just never know. For sure. For sure. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gildon. And I want to go now to the Clippers and – you know, the Clippers were up three games to one. Game six, up 19 in the third quarter. An opportunity to close them, close out the Rockets. An opportunity for Chris Paul and the Clippers to get to the Western Conference Finals. An opportunity to go up against the Warriors. An opportunity to get to the NBA Finals. You look at this collapse. What do you do with the Clippers moving forward? Do you believe you should blow this thing up? Because I look at the Clippers and I believe they're kind of stuck with their roster, obviously they have Blake under contract, Chris Paul, you know, those guys big-time money, and obviously DeAndre Jordan's going to have to get paid. They're, I think they're almost stuck in some respect with this particular roster. They need to, you know, obviously add some pieces here or there, but they're kind of stuck. Your thoughts? Oh, no, it's, uh, it's going to happen. That was the last game that we saw of the Clippers together. Uh, that was the end of, of Lob City. Uh, you, you believe know, that? But I, I, I do. I do. Because that was the furthest that you probably could get with that team. And I'll say this. You know what nobody is really talking about but was a big loss? Trading Jared Dudley for nothing. Didn't right. seem as much. Didn't seem like much back then when it happened, but Jared Dudley was a guy that had some swagger that you could bring in off the bench and knew what, knew what his role was. And I think that's where the Clippers struggled when when they went to the bench. You know, yeah, Austin Rivers had a good series, but Austin Rivers isn't Jared Dudley. You know, because at the end of the day, Austin's fighting one thing. Austin's not in the game to help the team. Austin's fighting the uh, notion that, hey, you're only on this roster because the head coach is your dad. And that's not his fault. It's just the perception that everybody has. So he's always playing with 
an extra chip on his shoulder, you know, that I got to make a play. And sometimes that play works. It's a home run play that works, but sometimes it's a home run play that doesn't work. You know, so losing Jared Dudley and not getting anything in return, I thought was big uh, because he was a guy, you know, something about veterans, man. They know what they need to do when times get rough and, you know, bring momentum back to the team. But I just think losing him was was very big. Uh, But I think DeAndre Jordan leaves as a free agent. Um, You know, Jamal Crawford's getting older. Uh, Turkoglu really didn't give you much this year or off the bench. You know, Matt Barnes is one reality show away from going to jail. You just never <laughs> know what's going to happen uh, with, with the Clippers. And, you know, I, I think that was probably our last game with the Clippers uh, intact as they were. Wow. I, mean, I, I, I think they bring the gang back. I, I really do. But, We'll see. Obviously, they, they have to do something in order to get to that next round. And here's the thing also that, that you know, OKC. OKC wasn't around this time around. And, and, you know, obviously Kevin Durant was hurt throughout most of the year, and Westbrook had some time where he was hurt. That team is going to come back now. So that's another team you have to look out for. And, and I think this was the Clippers' chance. This was their opportunity with OKC out the mix getting by the San Antonio Spurs. This was their opportunity. And I, I wonder how far this unit can go. I don't think they – to your point, maybe they should think about blowing it up, but I don't think they will. But at the same time, I don't think this team can get by OKC when healthy, Golden State when healthy, San Antonio. I still don't think they can get by them. Well, they got by them this year, but moving forward, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Oh, no, you're you're perfectly correct. Next year, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Clippers at a five or six seed. And I'd even say this. I could even see them dropping lower than that. You know, I think if if Portland resigns LaMarcus Aldridge and a healthy Wes Matthews comes back, I think that team is better than this Clippers team. Um you know, I, I think Memphis is better. Uh, those other teams that you mentioned uh, will be better. And I, I'd even say this, that team in the other locker room in the Staples Center, if this is Kobe's last go-round, you know he's coming for <laughs> blood every night. And let's just be honest, they have the number two pick in the draft. You got Julius Randle coming back. You know, I can see the Lakers being better than the Clippers next year. And looking looking at the Lakers, we we heard the Mitch Kupchak. He said that this may be Kobe's last season in a Laker uniform. You got the sense that you're not sure if Kobe's necessarily going to retire, but you got the sense that this possibly is it in a Laker uniform. How do the Lakers approach this? Because do you try to continue to build this roster, or do you on some level try to go for broke and you know help Kobe go out with a bang? I mean, Kevin Love is out there. You know, he really you got the sense that he really didn't completely fit in Cleveland, so he could go home to the to L.A. I mean, maybe LaMarcus Aldridge. Who, who knows? But how do you handle it if you're the Lakers? Do you go for broke? Well, I, I wondered this when I heard the news this morning, or this afternoon, excuse me, uh, 
is this Mitch Kupchak's way of trying to lure free agents back to Los Angeles? Because let, let's just be honest, playing with Kobe isn't the easiest because he's such a perfect perfectionist. But guys don't want to come to Los Angeles because of Kobe. They're intimidated by him. But now if, if I'm a uh, big-time superstar and I know, well, Kobe's leaving, well, now I don't have to play second fiddle. I can be the main guy now in Los Angeles. And for as much as we want to believe that the Clippers are good, they'll always be second fiddle to the Lakers. So I, I wonder if that had something to to do with it, if it was, you know, cup check just loosening up some big-time guys out there that will be free agents in the future. Like, you know, it, it probably is cool to go back to Los Angeles now. But, you know, I, I think with what the Lakers will have, a, a healthy Kobe Bryant, a healthy Julius Randle, that number two pick, you know, if they get a, a good point guard, uh, if you can keep Mick Young in check, you've got some scores. There's some talent over there uh, in, in the purple and gold that can get a six seed, seven seed, eight seed in, in the West. And, you know, that's all Kobe needs, man. Once he gets to April 24th, it's highly possible you can still see him playing around June 5th. But let me ask you this. You, you believe that they can possibly do some things to get a seven for eight seed in the West. So you believe that if they do some things right, they can possibly win. Well, you look at this year, the Pelicans were the eight seed with 45 wins. They can get something around that range. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. And that's just – now, that, that all depends on a healthy Kobe Bryant. You right. know, we've seen uh, we've seen greatness with Kobe. We, we've seen them in the past. Will the Lakers to – 40-plus wins, and you're going to tell me on his last go-around he can't do it again? I'm not betting against that guy. <laughs> Let's look at the draft lottery now. and uh, Not so good news for, for you. Sad news, if you will, in the world of sports <laughs> for New York, New York Knicks fans. Um, the Lakers slid up to two. The Knicks slid back to four. Your thoughts as a Knicks fan when you saw the fourth pick in the 2015 NBA draft goes to the New York Knicks. Your thoughts when you saw that? It felt like the 1995 playoffs when Patrick Ewing missed that finger roll. <laughs> we were right there, and it just bounced right out. That's what it felt like. I, I was sitting down at home, you know, just watching it, and my wife was trying to talk to me. And I just let out a yell, like, you know how it is when you step on like a uh, the little needle that comes when you buy the dress shirts and you got to take the pin out, but you miss one and it drops on the floor. It felt like I stepped on one of those when I saw that uh, that Nick logo come out of that envelope at the fourth pick. You know, because think about it. Anything in the top three, you're golden. And the one pick you don't want is the fourth pick. And not to say that there'll be a bad player left at four, because trust me, there won't. But it's not, it won't be a Carl Towns, a Jaleel Okafor, or D'Angelo Russell. And that's the part that, that hurts. All three of those guys, or any three of those guys, would have been a stud in, in New York. So, you know, 
I'm uh, I'm 32, but I'm used to it by now. Man. It comes with the territory <laughs> of being a Knicks fan. If, if real quickly, you're the T Wolves, Towns or Okafor? I'm gonna go Towns. Now I've uh, I've been a Carl Towns hater all year, but uh, I, I cannot deny his talent, man. He, he's uh, a guy that you can play at the four or the five. Uh, you know, he plays hard. He can make a perimeter shot. And then the, the thing that I give him over Okafor is on the defensive end. He can try to guard somebody. You know, he can guard a two, three, or four, or five. You know, Okafor's. You know, he's going to be labeled as a five, and that's what he is. Uh, you know, does he have room for improvement? Sure. You know, it has to get in better shape. And you know, I think for Okafor, he has to go to the right situation. I think Towns, you plug him in on on any team, and he'll make his mark. But I, I think with uh, Okafor, you know, you got to be a little careful with what team he goes to. For sure. Marlon, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Can't wait to do it no, again. No problem, man, as always. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Marlon Guild, Ryder assistant basketball coach. He's been joining us throughout the course of these playoffs, talking NBA hoops, getting his thoughts on all the things NBA. Um, speaking of Jaleel Okafor, there's, there's talk that, you know, Okafor basically wants to go number two to the Lakers. He he, he does not want to go to Minnesota. He doesn't want to go there. He wants to go to the Lakers. And he makes it his wish anyway because – you look at the Lakers, and you look at, uh, I mean, he's, you know, Jaleel Okafor reports are he's dead set. He wants to be a Laker. He doesn't want to go to Minnesota. Too cold out there for him. He wants to be drafted by the Lakers. His heart set, according to reports, is he wants to go to the Lakers. Also, according to Adrian Wojciechowski, uh, he wants, he, he tweeted out, Carl Anthony Towns, is determined to go to the Lakers. Oh, sorry, he he wrote an interesting tweet. He didn't say, I misquoted his tweet. He said, if Carl Anthony Towns is determined to get to the Lakers, it'll be interesting to see how agreeable his camp will be to meeting with Minnesota. One of these guys is going to have to go to Minnesota. And one of these guys, and, and you look at Minnesota, I mean, I know everybody wants to be L.A., Glitz, Glam, you know, Hollywood, and all that other good stuff. But you look at Minnesota, Rubio, you know, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, they're, they're building something there in Minnesota. And Towns and Okafor could be a part of something there in Minnesota. And, and again, I know where you, you'd rather live in, 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 in sunny California, yay. I get it. I, I definitely get it. But you also have to look at it this way. I mean, maybe the Lakers can get it right. And, you know, here's the thing about the Lakers, Celtics, especially the Lakers. You know, when they get bad, they're not bad for long. And they may come in, Shaq left, you know, had a little moment there. But they got right back to winning titles. Now there's a little lull in the action. We'll see how long it takes them to go back to being a contending basketball team. They've had little lulls. They've had a little some, some lean years. But not a lot. This has been... A very, very 
you know, a successful franchise. Very successful franchise. And, and even, you know, you also have to look at the, the D'Angelo Russell. I mean, the Lakers could use a point guard, and maybe they go Russell, but always conventional wisdom is that, you know, you, you go big over small. You know, if you got an opportunity to get a big, you go big over small because big is a lot harder to get than small. But you, uh, another argument is this is a but. This is a point guard's league. And the point guards are, are, with the new rules and hands-off, point guards are able to maneuver their way in and around the basket because it's hard to stay in front of fast point guards because you can't really do anything to stop their movement. So we'll see. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Towns or Okafor. But one of these boys are going to have to go to Minnesota. And I think Minnesota would be foolish to pass on one of these boys because these boys are talking about they don't want to play there. Well, you hold, once you, you hold all the leverage. So I look at the, this situation. I don't think, you know, obviously, obviously there's a lot that's going to happen before this draft actually gets underway. But it should be interesting to see how it works out. And you wonder whether or not these guys will, will meet with Minnesota. Will they give Minnesota the cold shoulder? That should be interesting. But, you know, Kevin Garnett is back there. And, and maybe Kevin Garnett could, could convince them to come to Minnesota. You look at Kevin Garnett. He stayed in Minnesota for a very, very long time. And many argued that he stayed there a little too long. And I believe he acknowledged that he stayed there a little too long. But the reality is you, you – he was loyal. He was a loyal player. He was loyal to the Timberwolves and that whole organization. But we'll see what happens. And if you're the Knicks, that was devastating. I mean, opportunity, and, and you know, maybe they can get right with, with Emmanuel Moutier or Justice Winslow or, or one of those guys. But obviously you looked at those three guys, Russell, Towns and Okafor. And, you know, you had an opportunity at one of those two bigs, Okafor or Towns. And you don't get Okafor, you're not going to get Towns, and you're not going to get Russell. Now it's probably going to be Moody, if that's what you want to, where you want to go. But the Knicks, I mean, you can't even tank right. Can't get right. Whether it's Phil Jackson, Isaiah Thomas, whoever it is, they can't get it right. And we'll see what happens to the Knicks move forward. I know Mello. I know he got his money. I know he got paid. So I don't really feel sorry for the guy. But maybe he's having second thoughts on, on this. And, you know, maybe he, you know, I know he wants to do his best for his family. But maybe he thought maybe he should have just uh, got out when he had a chance. Should be interesting. Moving forward to see how this whole NFL draft, NBA draft, excuse me, when we come back, we're going to be joined by the newest member of Indianapolis Colts. Todd Harriman's will be joining us. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... 
I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. <laughs> we see what you can do. We've seen it. <laughs> I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Roxy. (laughs) That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) We're back. Go for it. Blog Talk Radio. Paul Gann here. Your host, Talking Sports. Having fun doing it. We're uh, about to bring in a guy now, uh, Todd Harriman. Um, Todd Harriman, uh, he, he was uh, spent 10 years with the Philadelphia Eagles, released by the Eagles uh, this past offseason. Ultimately, he signed with the Indianapolis Colts after his release. And uh, now he's in Colts uniform, Colts blue. And, you know, an opportunity for him possibly to get himself a title. I mean, the Colts were one game away from getting to the Super Bowl. They have Andrew Luck, so they, they have their quarterback. They have their franchise guy. They're close. We'll see how close they truly are. Well, let's bring him in now, Colts offensive lineman, Todd Harriman. Todd, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing very well. Thanks Thank for you. joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Now, Todd, as we know, OTAs have started for the Colts. Thus far, how have things gone for you? Uh, things have been going very well uh, so far. You know, uh, it's a new system, new town, uh, new teammates, new faces, but uh, everything, the adjustment's going real well. You know, everybody's been very welcoming and, and uh, very professional, and uh, it's a great atmosphere around the facility right now. Uh, there's a good energy in Indianapolis. The tempo's a lot slower, huh? <laughs> well, you know, we still get we still get our work in. It's just uh, done a little differently than it was the last couple of years, Philly. Well, let me ask you this, Todd. You played guard for most of your career, but you also played right tackle. You played left tackle as well. Where do you see yourself with the Colts? Um, well, so far this year, I've been uh, working uh, both spots on the right side a little bit, uh, okay. guard and tackle. Um, I think they're pretty happy with uh, Costanza left tackle. And, um, you know, we have plenty of depth on the inside for the guards. So uh, I think right now we're just trying to see, um, you know, where I fit in the best. And, uh, you know, both spots on the right side seem to be uh, where they're checking me out at right now. We're talking to Colts offensive lineman Todd Harriman. And, Todd, you signed with the Colts after being released by the Eagles after 10 seasons in Philadelphia. What made the Colts so appealing to you? Well, um, you know, I, I had, like you said, I've played 10 years so far, but I have yet to go to the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, that's something that I have on my NFL career bucket list. I would like to go and, and win a Super Bowl championship. And, um, you know, I think that the Colts have a, a really good squad. I think that, uh, you know, they had a great season last year. And, and um you know, I think they're moving in the right direction with the franchise to where they could be contenders for the next couple of years. 
So you feel like this team is ready to take that next step and ultimately win a Super Bowl? I think so. You know, I think that uh, we made a lot of a lot of uh, you know steps in the right I guess steps in the right direction this off season um, with the free agent acquisitions we made and uh, the work that we've been doing together. Um, you know, not trying to eat too far ahead of ourselves. We're just basically trying to go in every day right now and get to work with one another and, and just have a really good time doing it. We're talking to Colts offensive lineman Todd Harriman. And, Todd, uh, over the past couple of years, you had some struggles with injuries. What do you do now moving forward to avoid those injuries? Well, <laughs> I mean, there's some injuries that you really can't avoid, you know, uh, and sometimes if the bug is going to get you, and there's nothing you can do about it. But um, mainly right now, I'm just uh, concentrating on, on uh, keeping my flexibility. You know, uh, the older you get, the, the stiffer you tend to become. Um, so I think that just being able to keep my range of motion and my flexibility is going to be very important to staying healthy and being able to stay on the field. We're talking to Colts offensive lineman Todd Harriman. And Todd, you played against Andrew Luck with Philadelphia last season. Now you've been seeing him for the past couple of days. Seeing him up close, does it, uh, what do you see with uh, Andrew Luck? Is, is it better than you thought? Oh, yeah. Um, all the hype is true. You know, he's he's, a, he's just a, a very talented, uh, real unique individual. Um, he's, he's a great guy, just a great human being, and, and his uh, football knowledge is off the charts and um, someone that just constantly working and getting better and, and making the people around him better. I think that uh, I think he's the perfect franchise quarterback that you could have that you'd want running your system. Anything surprise you about Andrew Luck? Um, not really. I mean, I, I knew he was a phenomenal athlete. You know, he could run. Um, I knew he was strong. Um, I knew he throws the ball well. Um, so I guess maybe his mentality just it's, it's almost like in the meeting rooms he's he's like a crossover between a player and a coach you know like he can still joke around with the guys but then you know he'll add his little two cents in on um, you know what needs to happen on certain plays and, and certain situations and stuff and I think that's just a, a huge value to have on the field. Now, Todd, your your former coach Chip Kelly, he made a lot of moves and made a lot of head, headlines. Excuse me, in this off season, he let you go. He traded McCoy, traded Foles, to name a few. Were you shocked by some of the moves? Um, well, I was a little shocked when I got let go. Okay, <laughs> but you know, it's part of the business is as time goes on, the longer you're in one place, the closer you are to getting let go. So. You know, it's inevitable in this in this business. Um, but, yeah, I, I was a little shocked with uh, uh, some of the moves that he made. You know, um, getting rid of Foles, who I thought, you know, understood his system pretty well and, and bringing in somebody that, that really hasn't been in it um, was an interesting right. move. I also think, uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy is one of the best backs in the league, so... It's just kind of a head scratcher why you would trade away, you know, the best running back in the NFL. But one thing about Chip Kelly is, is he's definitely got a plan, and um, he might not tell too many people about it, but he keeps it in action and um, doesn't let too many things get in his way. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't see them 
having a, a terrible year. I'm sure that he's doing a good job of keeping all the pieces together. They still have a good core of players over there, so I, I look for them to be contenders too. Now, talking about Chip Kelly, the past two years he's had a lot of success, uh, two 10-win seasons. He has that up-tempo style. He, he does things a little differently practice-wise. He, you know, he does the smoothies, also does the music and things of that nature. This up-tempo style, can it win a championship in the NFL? Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, I think that uh, I think that it is. I think it's good to have in your arsenal. I think that uh, in the NFL, though, you're going to need to be able to play both sides of it. You're going to need to bleed the clock sometimes rather than just get points real fast. You know, right. uh, if you watch the Patriots, um, and they're one of the most successful franchises in the last decade, if you just Look at them. They always can run. They can run a slow tempo offense, or they can just go ahead and hurry up the line and march right down the field. It all depends on, you know, what the game situation calls for. And uh, I think that that's a mark of a really good team. Let me ask you this now. Your former teammate, you talked about LeSean McCoy. He believed that Chip Kelly got rid of the, quote, good black players. You heard those comments. What were your thoughts when you heard those comments? I know you got released as well, and I know he traded folds, and ultimately he brought back uh, Sam Bradford. So he got rid of McCoy. He brought back uh, DeMarco Murray. So I don't, you know, read too much into it. Your thoughts on Shady's comment? Uh, well, you know, Shady's allowed to think whatever he wants to. Um, yeah. It's a great thing about America. You all get your own opinion. Uh, personally, I don't think that Chip is uh, – is, racially charged or anything like that with the moves that he makes. I, I really believe that he has uh, a certain type of player that he's looking for at every position. And, um, you know, he doesn't really care whether it's a superstar or a grizzled veteran or a second or third year player, you know, he'll move along from him if he feels that it's going to be moving his team in the right direction to do what he thinks that he needs to do to win a championship. We're talking to Colts offensive lineman Todd Harriman. And, Todd, you're doing big things in the community with the Todd Harriman's Foundation. Tell us about it. Uh, well, the foundation is just uh, something that I started a few years ago. Um, we help. As it's, what's special about it is it's multi-charitable. So we don't really have one charity that we're linked to that we're always working with. You know, This way we're able to uh, spread the wealth a little bit and, and really make an impact on some of the smaller local charities in the Philadelphia area. Now that you're in Indy, is that going to change? Are you going to try to do some things in Indy as well? Well, I think, uh, um, you know, I think that mainly we're going to keep it focused in Philadelphia. Uh, We might be able to do something small out in Indy. You know, I I really am enjoying my time out here with – the, the community and and uh, just the people of, of the Midwest that you know everybody seems so nice. Um, so the foundation's already done some work back in Michigan where I grew up. So we're just kind of trying to pitch in, you know, wherever we can, wherever we find opportunity. And and uh, you know, one way for us to do this is, is we have a, actually a, a page on our website where people can call in and ask for help, and and then we'll bring it up to our board members and have a vote and see if if we can afford to, to, you know, do something for them or help them out in any sort of way. Sounds good, fans. Support all the great things going on with the Harriman's Foundation. Go to the HarrimansFoundation.org. Also hit this man up on Twitter at 
Todd Harriman. Todd, has there been any talk of the flake gate in, in, during the OTAs with the Colts? No. Um, you know, we, we really haven't been focusing on that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in the locker room that are new this year that really don't have anything to do with that. Uh, all the guys that, that seem to really remain on the team from, from the championship game, uh, their focus really isn't on the PSI of the football. It's more on, you know, <laughs> what we could do better to not get beat by New England again. For sure, for sure. Fans, one more time, go to harrimansfoundation.org. Also hit him up on Twitter, at Todd Harriman, and support all the great things going on with Todd Harriman. Todd, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Moving forward, let's do it again. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Having some technical difficulties there, but we're back. Uh, great talking to Todd Harriman. Uh, doing some big things in the community with the Todd Harriman's Foundation. Make sure you go to ToddHarrimansFoundation.org. And also make sure you hit him up on Twitter, at Todd Harriman, to support all the great things going on with Todd Harriman and all the great things going on with the Todd Harriman's Foundation. Support it. Good guy. Doing some great things in the community. Again, HarrimansFoundation.org. And also hit him up on Twitter, at Todd Harrimans. Great talking to him. And, you know, obviously, you know, he he talked about the whole situation with McCoy and himself and a bunch of Eagles guys. You know, obviously Chip Kelly's going to do what he's got to do to build a team in his image. And he's going to do it. And if he feels like you don't fit what he does, then he's going to make a move. And that's what he felt about McCoy. That's what he felt about Foles. On some, I think they wanted Macklin back, but you know maybe they didn't want to spend the money for him. And I get that. But obviously the Eagles went into a different direction. And I'm interested with the Philadelphia Eagles. What do they do? I mean, moving forward. In terms of their quarterback situation, obviously it's Sam Bradford. So you wonder how that's going to look. You wonder if Bradford is truly the guy. Can't stay healthy. Had a hard time staying healthy throughout his career. But we'll see. Hopefully for the Eagles. Hopefully for me. Because i got to watch this team. As Bradford is the guy. Second hour go for it starting right now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, And sir. we're back. You got it, brother. And we're back. Second hour of Go For It starting now in this hour. We're expected to be joined by a guy who who is not really doing too well. I mean, you know, Clipper Darrell. Uh, his Clippers, you know, he loves his Clippers. He's at every game. Share them on. You hear him in the background, the Let's Go Clipper chant. And his team up three games to one. His team in complete control. His team, the Clippers, uh, on the verge of going to the Western Conference Finals. And then his team, the Clippers, collapsing. 
falling apart and ultimately losing. Losing. And just inexcusable on a lot of levels. Inexcusable on a lot of levels. I mean, it's it's unacceptable. Just is. Anyway, before we get to that, Tom Brady. Um, reports are that Tom Brady, or excuse me, reports are Bill Belichick doesn't believe Tom Brady and his story. And, you know, you look at it, and you look at it, and, and you know, according to Ron Borges, you know, quote, Coach Belichick never believed Brady's story from what I'm told because they all know. Why do you think all those retired quarterbacks, the Troy Aikman's of the world, Troy Aikman is about as nice of a guy as I've ever met in football. Nobody back Brady. No, nobody, not a single guy. Why do you think that is? Because they hate Brady? No, because they're stupid. They know nothing's done with those balls that the quarterback doesn't want done. Did, Bill, did Tom Brady look believable up there on the podium at any point, any time? No. He looked uncomfortable. He looked uneasy. He looked unbelievable. And obviously now with the Patriots deciding that, hey, we're not going to move forward with our appeal. We're going to accept the million-dollar punishment. We're, we're going to accept losing the first-round pick in 2016, the fourth-rounder in 2017. We're going to accept it. And, you know, maybe it's Roger, uh, uh, Bob Kraft doing a solid for his boy, Roger Goodell. You know, Roger Goodell looked awful this past year. Ray Rice, awful. Bounty Gate many years ago, awful. He's looked awful. I mean, to the point where people are calling for his head. And, you know, Robert Kraft is is his boy. And so if they appeal and all this other information gets out there, it doesn't look bad for his boy, Roger Goodell, and doesn't look good for the league as a whole. You know, if the fans are looking at the commissioner and they're seeing the commissioner not being a strong leader and they're they're not believing what the commissioner is doing, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a real issue. We'll get back to that in a moment. When we come back, we're going to be joined by a guy Who's hurting right now? I mean, Clipper Dow is hurting. Clipper Dow is hurting. Clipper Nation is hurting. Clipper Dow will be joining us. We're listening. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that the Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, Tom. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that rock. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Go for it. Blog Talk Radio. Paul Gann here. You know, last week. You know, we were looking at the Clippers. The Clippers go up three games to one against the Houston Rockets in complete control Sunday night. It was Mother's Day Sunday night. They blew the Rockets' doors. I mean, it wasn't a game. Many felt that the Rockets quit. 
Many felt that the Rockets didn't bring any effort in that game four. Game five, Rockets came back much better. Game six, Rockets seemingly on the verge of being eliminated, down 19 points in the third, down 13 to start the fourth. They make a huge run. Ultimately, they win game six, and they go on to win game seven. And the rest is history. I guess the Clipper curse, if you will, is still alive. And Wells, Magic Johnson says, maybe the same old Clippers. Who knows? But anyway, we're going to bring in a guy now. This is a guy who's a lifelong Clippers fan. He loves the Clippers fan. And he loves the Clippers. And if you're listening to uh, the broadcast and watching games, you can hear his voice. You can hear, let's go Clippers chance. Let's bring him in now, the greatest fan out there, Clipper Daryl. Daryl. What's up? What's How up? are you? Man, I'm doing. I'm taking it day by day, man, day by day, baby. For sure, for sure. Daryl, let's go through this now. First and foremost, let's start in game six. Your Clippers up 19 in that third. Your Clippers in complete control of that game. Ultimately, they would lose that game. Ultimately, Houston would come back and win game six. Your reaction at the end of game six? I, I was very, I was very upset. Um they played they played sluggish, they came out, the rotation was horrible. Uh um I feel they played a lot of the players played too many minutes. But the biggest thing that I the issue that I had was that when they called the timeout with ten with uh it was uh we was down they was we was up by ten. The uh the they didn't the, the organization didn't get the fans in it to where it's like, you know, tear the roof off this building. You see what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. to me, like I've been in, I've been in other arenas to where, man, you know, it it because I feel that we are the sixth man, so our energy, you know, gives them give our guys the strength to keep going. But if we if we're not yelling and screaming and and pushing them, you know, everything everything just fell apart, man. I felt I felt I felt so bad at the at the end of that game, man. You know. You know, not not only I I lose my mama now. You know, not, the, the team that always had that lifted my spirits, you know, lost a, a, a huge game. Right. But at the end of Game Six, did did you was your thought process okay? We can still win a Game Seven in Houston. I really thought I really thought so. Honestly, man, I was like 110% sure. I was like, man, these dudes going to go. They got two days off. I said, these dudes is going out bananas. But, I mean, I blame it. I, you can't I'm, – I'm not going to blame it on no individuals, but it, the rotation was horrible again. They, You know, if you, if you notice what Doc did in games one to five, he did not do in six and seven. Okay. So, you know – who do you blame? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, because to me, to to me, to me, the rotation is very important. You can't play 38 to 42 minutes during the season, and then expect you, and, and then expect your players, and then and we don't we don't have a, a a strong bench. You know, I have never yet seen a team win a championship that doesn't have a strong bench. Right. So you look at this team now. And I want to look at Chris Paul because, obviously, game six, that's where you need your superstar, especially in that fourth quarter when the Rockets are making that run. That's when you need your superstar. And I know Chris Paul had a great series. But that's when you need your superstar to, to, to stop the bleeding. And he wasn't able to do it. Blake 
wasn't able to do it, and Chris Paul still hasn't been able to get out of that second round. Your thoughts on Chris Paul? Does he take the hit for what happened in this series? I can't blame him for it. I'm not going to blame I'm not going to blame him. You can't do anything. You played the game of basketball. You know how you could play four or five games, man. You sit over there in that corner and you rest. But when you play a 48-minute NBA game, it's totally different. You know, you bumping, you grinding. You cannot play 44 minutes in a game and win. It's, 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 it's no way you can do it. I mean, Blake played 44. Uh, CP3 played 44. DeAndre played 40. It's no way you can do it. You need help. And without a bench, we're we, 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 we always going to be a second-round team. Now, you said, obviously, you need help on the bench. And I look at this Clippers team. The way they're, they're built, they're stuck in a lot of ways. I mean, Paul, Blake Griffin, obviously DeAndre Jordan, he's going to get max money. So you got to find a way to round out the bench. Do you part with Jamal Crawford? Are you interested in doing something like that to get some more bench help? I, lo- I love Jamal. Jamal's, Jamal's the sixth man of the year. I don't think Jamal is the problem. I just think that we need more help. We need more players. We need, we need a bench that can come in and relieve. We need a backup to CP3. You know, when, when he let Darren Collison go – you know, we didn't we didn't get a good substitution for him. He let Jordan Farmar go. Okay, Jordan Farmar was promised fifteen to twenty minutes a game. Now he only played Jordan Farmar six to seven, six to nine minutes a game. If you notice, if you look at Jordan Farmar's numbers from six to nine minutes, and when he played ten to fifteen minutes, the numbers are greater because you get you you got to get into a rhythm to play. You see, so I think I think he's made a lot of mistakes. You know, I think I think Doc has made a lot of mistakes. But I think he's going to learn from them. You know, but but we're we're tied because now if you re-sign Jordan to the max deal, the only way right. you can do it if you if you backload it, like okay, you say okay, Jordan, we give you a hundred nine million dollars, but what we're going to have to do is spread it out over the next. We're going to have to give you ten the first year, and spread the other the uh, the other uh, the other ninety nine million. Over the next one, when the salary cap goes up, because you know, once that salary cap goes up, it's going to go up to like, from what I understand, like eighty million. So now, now you can afford to hire somebody. You can bring some people in. You can bring some people in on the four million dollar deal, the three million dollar deal. You know what I'm saying? We don't have no mid levels left because that's what Spencer Hall. So all we have left, I think, is a a mini mid level. We have a mini mid level, and you know, we got to bring some people on 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 some body. You know, hopefully, hopefully that people want to play for that. You know, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is a free agent. The truth is out there. Maybe you could talk the truth into coming home. But but, but, but see, we're getting older now. We can't get older. We got to get younger because the the person that backs up CP3, the person that backs up Blake, has to be strong. Has to be able to 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 go at least at least fifteen minutes a game. At least fifteen minutes. You know. And, and play both sides of the ball. We need we need players to come in and play both sides of the ball, you know, offense and defense. You can't just play one side of the ball. You just can't be an offensive player to shoot threes all day. You give up, you give up, you give up three on one, and you come back and shoot a three. You can't do that. Right. And you look at we're talking to one of the greatest Clippers fans out there, Clipper Dow, and you just look at Matt Barnes. You could release Matt Barnes, and you don't take a big cap hit. 
he's on a, a non-guaranteed, partial guaranteed contract. You got Jamal Crawford, same deal, non-guaranteed. You can also part ways with him and also be able to, you know, won't be a big-time cap hit. Matt Barnes, do you want him back? Man, Matt, Matt's a defensive guy, man. You know, when he when he when he's not hitting on offense, he's giving you the defense. He's always he's always that defensive guy, man. He's that spark. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes your shot just don't it just don't go in, and when it's not going in, he gives the ball up. You know what I'm saying? But I Definitely. I feel that I mean that they built this team. You know what I'm saying? And he's been a part of he's been a part of this run, and I don't believe that they should get punished for other for somebody else's mistakes. So Matt you know, Barnes, Jamal Crawford, when, you definitely want those guys back. Definitely. Yes. Definitely want Austin those guys R- back. Austin Rivers. I mean that that that's an upside. How much you gotta pay Austin? You know what I'm saying? Austin made two point three billion. He's a free agent. Are you bringing him on the low? Is he going are you gonna bring him in for another two point three million? Or or you are you giving him a raise? It, we'll see is he worth a raise? <laughs> see, because the thing, the thing, the problem that I have with that one is, when Matt Barnes and Darren Collison came to the team, they took a pay cut because right. they took the, the mid level, they took the mid level, and put it together for for Darren Collison. Darren Collison just opted out of here, and Matt Barnes has a team option. So now, why can't Austin Rivers do the same thing? You know what I'm saying? Fair. Now, Fair. I mean, I mean, come on. Let, 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 let's keep it real. Is Austin Rivers worth five million dollars a year? No. You know what I'm saying? No. Okay. So now, now you're going to sit there and ask yourself: If he gets five million dollars a year, you might as well break the team up now. You know, you <laughs> might as well. I mean, I mean, I I I, I be flabbergasted, man. You know, if he if, if he continue to make his two point three, I'm cool with that. You know, maybe maybe somebody give him a two point four million. You know, two point four whatever. I, I, I'm cool with that. But anything be anything beyond that, you can't do. You know, but you don't know what other teams is going to offer. Austin, right. we don't need an Austin Rivers, okay? We need a backup. We need a strong backup for CP3. CP3 can't do the 38 to 44 minutes a game. There's no way you can do it. You've got to have a, a, a backup to CP3, have a backup to DeAndre Jordan, and you got to have a backup to, to Blake. And every everybody else is a role player. You see? And also, everybody else point, is just I mean, you, you, you saw CP3 with that hamstring, and maybe that hamstring could be a byproduct of of those heavy minutes that he, that he's you know he's out there playing, and we'll see. I mean, looking at here, here's the thing. Here's my concern for the Clippers. I look at the way these playoffs worked out, and there's a team that's missing, and that's OKC, and they're going to get mm-hmm. Westbrook and Durant back. Um, yeah. You got the Rockets, who I believe are on the upswing. You have Golden State, who is still there. You got Portland, who you know had some injuries along the way. If they resign Lamarcus Aldridge, they're still there. This, to me, was the Clippers' opportunity, and I feel like on, on some level you may have taken this team with this core as far as you can. You don't believe that? You know, sometimes you think about it because as a okay. Doc has always been an Eastern Conference coach, and he's always did experiment. He's always he's always been you know experimental, right? You can't do that on the West Coast. The West Coast is too deep, so you can make mistakes on the East Coast and 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 recover. You but you make mistakes on the West Conference, 
you cannot recover. So you uh, to, to to that understanding, nah, man, I just I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it at all. That you feel like this team still can they can still get to the NBA finals. I be, I believe it, but see, we're gonna be salary strapped now. If you pay DeAndre Jordan, once you pay DeAndre Jordan, right? Now we're gonna be now we're gonna be handcuffed because now you can't bring nobody in to do the, all the backups. You know, now unless Bomber wants to go over the salary cap, I mean he'll pay it out, but you only right. can go so much over. You see. I mean, there's rules in the salary cap now. That's what they. That, that's why they put the salary cap together. But if, like I said, if they do DeAndre, pay DeAndre what he got this year, and put the 99 million on the back back end for the next four years, we we should be okay to bring in some people. Now the Lamarcus Aldridge's and all of them, those are those are stars. Those are guys. You know, those are eight. Those are, those are A plus guys. You're not going to get them, but you for get sure. some B pluses. You know, and once you get the B pluses and the C pluses, you know that's all you need is role. Popovich does it every year, man. You know, if I bet you the year that if if I would have told you the year that Kawhi Leonard was MVP, if I would have said, "Hey, I bet you a thousand dollars Kawhi Leonard get MVP," you would have took that bet because Definitely. you know. But but that's what happens. He creates stars over there because he has a system and he sticks with his system. And he believes in his bench. That's all you do. As a coach, you believe in your bench. It's just like you as a producer, you as a radio host, you believe in your show. You believe in your question. You right. see? And if you, if, you, if you don't believe in it, nobody else will. For sure. For sure. And let, let me I ask want. you this. Let me ask you this. Not to interrupt. Let me ask you this. Doc Rivers, the president, you okay with him? Now, do you want the Clipper Daryl answer or you want the Daryl Bailey answer? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you see fit. <laughs> I, I, honestly, honestly, I believe Doc has done what he can do as a president. Okay. I believe okay. he needs help. I believe that he needs he, he needs a consultant to come in and help him build build this team, build this franchise. Doc has made several mistakes, and 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 it's cost him. We don't have a first round pick until 2019. Jeez. And, and, and look at what, exactly. And look, and look what we have. So, I mean, you know, I mean, that, you know, uh, it, it, it's just crazy, man, to see this. We had, when Doc took this team over, we had the best pitch in the NBA. Remember, we, we, we was printing all the T-shirts. We was doing everything. Best thing. And all of a sudden, he, he dismantled everything. You know, then he bring in, then Darren Collison backed up CP3, did a wonderful job. CP3 got hurt. Darren Collison came in and backed him up. Beautiful. Didn't want to give him, didn't want to give him a raise. Darren Collison knocked out, didn't want to give him a raise. Let him go. Didn't let him on. So, it's been a lot of mistakes. And we lost him. Hopefully, we can get him back, Clifford. Darrell, uh, you know, getting excited there. Uh, you know, he his Clippers. He loves his Clippers, and there's just nothing better for him than his L.A. Clippers. Hopefully, we can get him back. I uh, know we it must have been a bad sell area, but hopefully, he can call back. And we'll wait for him uh, as he does. And I, you know, I look at the Clippers, and and 
they're stuck. They're they're really stuck with this team. And he's back. Let's get him back on. Daryl. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, no problem. Now let me ask this: Would you be okay with the possibilities of I don't blowing it up on some level? You know, exploring deals for Blake Griffin or Chris Paul. Would you be in favor of something like that? The only person, the only person that I'd be in favor of trading Blake for is Kevin Durant. That's it. That's done deal. Okay. If you ain't getting Kevin Durant, you you it, it, it's a lost cause. You know, okay. so I wouldn't even. I, that's the only person. Then uh, you blow it up. The only way is not signing DJ. Now, this is my philosophy. If you don't sign DJ, you can bring in some more people. You can bring in at least about three more, three more solid vets. And one of the vets that I love, that I like out there, is Tyson Chandler. You know, okay. Tyson Chandler would make. Tyson Chandler can give you 20 to 25 minutes a game with with no problem. Just got to have him. Just got to give him a backup. Just got to. And also, gotta, you see, talk, the, the, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I, I was saying to your you point. Know, I mean, Tyson Chandler can do some of the things that DeAndre Jordan does. He's cheaper, but he's mm-hmm. older. Yeah, exactly. That's why you got to have him. That's why you get. That's the key is getting a backup for him. Now, right. if you sign Tyson and don't sign DeAndre, because I would like to sign DeAndre and have Tyson back up DeAndre. You see what I'm saying? Right. See, that's what that's how I would look at it. You know what I'm saying? Because guys on that level, they would take a pace to win. People want to win. If they could see uh, uh, looking at a win, okay, I could go make probably $6 million here, but if I can go here, I can make four, but I can might I end up getting the ring. It, it, you know, people look at too many. Uh, go ahead. Let, let's go ahead and do that. You see, because he's already made a bunch of money. You know right. what I'm saying? But you you can't you can't ask nobody. You can't ask DeAndre to take a pay cut. It's not going to happen. So so he, you're you know, saying maybe the, I mean maybe you can convince Tyson Chandler to come home. I mean he's an LA guy as well. I mean maybe you know maybe you can convince him. <laughs> hey, but I, the Clippers I, I, needed me to do that. <laughs> I would be glad to, to go talk to Tyson. But, see, I love DJ, though. DJ brings an intensity on defense that's unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? I believe right. this summer he'll work on his offense and he'll work on the free. All, all DJ has to do, just like Blake did, is develop. And all DJ got to do is develop an 8- to 10-footer. That's it. That's all he needs. And make 60% of his free throws, he'd be solid. That's it. That's I, it. I, I got. I got to be honest. I think. I think you guys are stuck. I really do. I think you're stuck, and I, I just. I, I think you maximized what you can do with this core. I, I really do. I, I think you maximized it because I, I. I with with Houston on the upswing and OKC coming back, and Portland still there, and and you know San Antonio. I think they're going to reload and retool, and they're going to be back. I don't see it. I, I I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, you know, but I don't I always see gotta, it. I always got to have a team and, and, and hope. You know, I mean, for the, the, these past few seasons has been very exciting in the playoffs. You know, we only made the playoffs, what, t- twice, three times? <laughs> you know? Right. So, I mean, to, to have consecutive years of being in the playoffs, yes. But, you know, to, uh, we need to get to the Western Conference. 
you know, that's that that, that would have been a, a step in the direction. But to be up three games to one and the team to come back and beat us three straight was 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 heartbreaking, man. Very heartbreaking as a fan, man. For sure, I I, I could imagine. I could, I could truly truly imagine. Daryl, where can fans find some of the great to find out about some of the great information? All the great things going on with Clipper Daryl. Oh man, they can go to my website, clipperdaryl.com. That's that's C-L-I-P-P-E-R-D-A-R-R-E-L-L.com. They can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And now now I got a a new app called Fan Cave. If they download that, all they got to do is download download Fan Cave, like the Clippers, and go to Clipper Daryl Fan Chat. And they can talk to me anytime they want, man. And it, I mean, it's so much fun to be in the cave, man. We, we, you know, we talk playoffs. We talk. I mean, whatever you want to talk, that's what I, I'm on it all the time, man. Just talking to people. Now, Daryl, before we get out of here, we got to get a Let's Go Clipper chant. Hey, man, do I really have to, man? You know, I don't. <laughs> I don't even. I don't. Even, you know, this has been a horrible season for now. Let's go Clippers! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, as always, man. A lot of fun, good times. As always, can't wait to do it again. I appreciate you, man. You have a good one, man. You too. Take care. All right, now. Daryl Bailey, a.k.a. Clipper Daryl. Fun talking to him, getting his take on the Clippers. Quickly, before we get out of here, Michael Sam has is going to the CFL, signed with the Montreal LOS two-year deal. Great opportunity, in my opinion, for Michael Sam to prove that he belongs in the NFL, you know, we have guys in the past who, who went up there and, and come back. Obviously, you know, no more than Warren Moon, who, you know, one of the more successful quarterbacks in CFL history. Obviously, Doug Flutie as well. Recently, you know, Cameron Wake uh, was up there as well. You know, you, you had other guys, Brandon Browner, Chris, Chris Matthews, who almost was a hero for the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. So you had guys who went over to Canada, uh, had success, came back, and we were able to prove themselves. And it's a great opportunity for Michael Sam to do just that, go up there, prove himself, prove that he can play, and hopefully for him he can get another opportunity, another shot in the NFL. Tom Brady, I mean, the reports are, you know, maybe Bill Belichick doesn't believe him. Again, Tom Brady has not been very believable in this whole situation. And this whole situation maybe, uh, uh, you know, Bob Kraft's, Bob Kraft scratches Roger Goodell's back, and maybe Roger Goodell scratches Bob Kraft's back and turns that four-game suspension to a two-game suspension. And, and, you know, has you know they'll have Tom Brady available for 14 games instead of 12 games. We'll see what happens, obviously, a lot to be sorted out. I want to thank Todd Harriman's for stopping by, harrimansfoundation.org. Go there. Also hit him up on Twitter at Todd Harriman's, Clipper Darrell. Go hit him up on Twitter at Clipper Darrell and also – Marlon Gill, you can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash began, or hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for it, Gant. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great day. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.